Hey guys, welcome back to Tell Me About It. As you probably already know, this show is the antithesis of a success story podcast. Instead of highlight reels and girl boss energy and lucky breaks, we exclusively talk about the anxieties, insecurities, rejections, unmet expectations, mistakes, and heartbreaks that are inevitable. So I'm trying to think of what I have to share with you guys this week. Other than I feel like everyone is in this chronic state of burnout, I mean, not to bum you guys out, but don't you guys feel like everyone is just like on their last, I feel like I always say that. I always say like, don't you guys feel like everyone's just hating life right now? And you guys are probably like, Jade, is that you just secretly hating life right now? And it's not, I'm actually really excited. I'm going to New York this week. I haven't been since way before COVID, since like April before COVID. So yeah, like almost three years. I'm so excited. I'm going to see my friends. Dylan has a new niece. I guess Dylan and I have a new niece. Dylan's brother and his wife just gave birth to a baby girl. So we're going to see her for the first time. We're just going to do the rounds. We're going to see friends, family, and I'm just really, really excited. So that's new. Also, I went to the gynecologist last week and I mean, Jesus, who invented that hellhole? The fact that we have to do that routinely is just beyond comprehension to me. It is the shittiest experience, like truly top to bottom, just a shitty experience. And we go like it's going to the dentist. I mean, going to the dentist sucks too. And the fact that the gynecologist is even like talking to you while she's shoving something up your vagina and like looking around and you feel like vomiting. I mean, maybe that's just me. I hate that whole, the paps, I hate the whole thing. So anyway, I had to go and that was just shitty and just reminded me why women are the most incredible species of all time and the elite gender. And what else? Oh, also our production team has COVID. The Tell Me About It production team is down for the count. It finally got us. Well, actually it didn't get me yet. I'm not social enough to get COVID, but my producer and our audio engineer both have COVID. So this week is a rerun, but it's an incredible rerun. It's with Kat Cohen, who is really just the comedian and woman of the hour and of the future. I wanted to re-air her episode because just last week she announced that her Netflix special, The Twist, She's Gorgeous, will premiere on March 15th. And I'm so excited. You guys, this was truly one of my all-time favorite episodes to record. Like I look back on it so fondly. It was definitely in like the top three most fun Tell Me About It episodes to record. Kat is just hilarious and had me laughing the entire time. So I figured we could all use a little laugh this week. So if you could keep our production team in your thoughts and I think we're, we're on the mend. So we will definitely be back with a new episode next week and I can't wait until then. So I'll talk to you guys next week. And if you want to talk in the meantime, I'm always on Instagram and here is Kat Cohen. Hi. Ah, Jade, I'm so happy to be here. I'm so happy you're here. I'm like, I can't believe that I didn't have you in my life before today. Like, I've been stalking your content. Oh, my God. I'm like, this girl is my kind of person, but a genius. Stop. You're a comedic genius. You are. Well, I'm I'm so happy to be here. I'm glad Emily brought us together. Seriously. Yeah, so we were getting into such juicy stuff on the pre-chat, and I'm like... Because Kat... What should I call you? Whatever you want. Catherine is what I would say, yeah. Okay, Mm -hmm. wonderful. I'm drinking out of this massive jug. I'm trying to hydrate. I'm drinking out of Tupperware for the listeners at home. Perfect. Yeah, you got to hydrate. Yes, in Tupperware. That's beautiful. What do you put? Soup in that kind of Tupperware? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I make a lot of stews. Do you like to cook? 
No, I mean, it's like the, my least favorite thing about me. You don't really? Oh my God. No. And like, okay, I blame it on my kitchen right now. I'm saying like I'm uninspired by my kitchen. That and makes that's sense. my excuse. Yeah. But I'm moving in like 15 days. <gasps> oh my God. Tell me everything. Where are you moving? I'm moving two blocks down. So like really, like in Perfect. West Hollywood and LA. And you live with your boy? Yeah. We've lived together for like six years. Yeah. We're both the babies of the family. Mm-hmm. So it's like news to us that we're actually adults. You know, like we have to like turn to each other and be like, wait, oh wait, no, like we're actually at that age now. It's very weird. And a lot of my friends, we'll, we'll get back to the dog conversation because right. a lot of my friends now, like we have couple friends and stuff and everyone isn't having kids or getting married. They're all getting fucking dogs, which is like the best thing ever because now Taco has like a million friends. But this is why you need to get a dog. That's where we're at in life. That's the stage. I'm like, is it? So I was telling you, my, my boyfriend and I don't live together yet. I definitely want to down the road, but I'm not in a rush. I like like my no, little apartment. Yeah. And yes. actually, my brother just moved in next door to my building. So in my building. And we're really close. Live alone as long as you can. Not just like, because living with a partner is like, with a significant other, like the right one, kind of feels like living alone. Yeah, totally. But living with a like a roommate sucks no like so badly like live alone as long as but is it like sad for a dog to be like adopted by a single parent no way (laughs) no i mean he or she she right she she. oh my god she's so cute but she'll get just so attached to you that's the only problem it's like you'll never be able to leave your house again but it's okay that sounds great i want to take her with me yeah, bring her. Well, she's so small. She's right? crazy small. She's my goal weight. She's so tiny. <laughs> she's seven pounds. Um, so we'll see. I've, I've texted with this woman before about these puppies. and Did you chicken out before? Yeah, but thankfully because then I had to go out of town for a month, so it would have been a disaster. Oh, okay, good. But you're kind of deciding at the end of COVID, so you're going to have to like travel a lot soon, do you think? Or like, do you think we're not out of this yet? I don't know. No, I think I would travel ideally – with my with her or leave her with my boy yeah oh yeah duh like when you don't have a pug that's like 40 pounds you can travel with them oh she's 40 pounds he is like that's bigger than i think of pugs no (laughs) no offense (laughs) (laughs) no he's like a healthy 30 to 35 pounds i just say 40 because his weight is placed in such a way that's like you know he's like an ottoman like he's just like very rotund yeah so it's like 40 pounds because like lifting him is very <laughs> right <laughs> it's very hard but yeah so he's like you know he's a pug i just say like he's he sounds... genetically predisposed to being chubbier okay well you're definitely inspiring me i'll keep thinking about it i say do it pull the trig do I it no i'm almost 30 it's like why not i know and it's like you know scratches the itch of like babies for now oh i definitely don't have that itch i sort of i I do like in a romantic way but i me too like when i see a baby i'm like that'd be nice and i'm like "Mm." Mm, god that (laughs) sounds really really scary a dog seems like less of a commitment but i also feel like i know what it's like to like stay out all night and be drunk in new york city yes i've done it so many times i don't know if i need to like be doing that anymore Right. But then imagine like doing that once in a while. Then it's having a, this amazing dog to come home to that like makes you so happy. I know. Something to get me out of my apartment, go walk her. Take it's her all you, like it's all you'll talk about. I know. It's fine. I'm already annoying. I don't need another thing <laughs> annoying about me. But we'll stay tuned. I'll keep you updated. OK, perfect. The pictures are crazy. No, the pictures are so cute. Oh, my God. OK, yes. we're Yes, we're, we're getting the dog. We're thinking about it. <laughs> we're getting, we're we're getting the dog. We're thinking about it. Okay, perfect. So you're in New York. I'm in my apartment in New York. Yes. Have you been there this whole time during COVID? No, I, I've been such a little princess. I 
was here for like the first month in my apartment with my boyfriend. And in my apartment, it's like a studio and like it has a mini fridge. There's no freezer. It was very like classic New York. Very New York. And then we were lucky enough to go. His parents have like this cabin in the Berkshires and we got to go up there for a few months. And then we drove. Is it bad that I only know about the Berkshires because of Real Housewives of New York? <laughs> no, that makes perfect sense. We didn't have Wonderful. the Real Housewives set up, but it was really beautiful. <laughs> it would be nonetheless. It was like life-saving to be in nature. But we we just spent the whole time – we didn't see anyone else for two months, and we just like watched every episode of Love Island ever made. The best. Do you watch? I've, I've watched season one. Oh, my God. It's so good. Yeah. It, UK or did you watch? Definitely UK. Yeah, UK is so much better. Different worlds. So we watched all six seasons over the past year. Oh my God, so good. 244 episodes, which is psychotic. Fuck yeah, that's a great quarantine accomplishment. It gave us like a reason to live. It was beautiful. If you haven't binged a show during quarantine, like... Who are you? What have you been doing? Yeah. And then we ended up doing like... We drove down to see my family in Texas. They live in Houston. And then we did this big cross-country road trip and we were camping. It was magical. Fun. How long have you been dating? <laughs> it's like off and on vibes. <laughs> I love it. Now I would say like maybe two years. Yeah, like where do you base it off of? Like the last time you broke up? The, no, the juicy it's, – it's not even that it was so off and on, but the juicy drama is that I was in an open relationship with my ex and then I met Brian. Okay, we have to talk about that in we, a second. Oh, we yes, totally okay. can. Okay, this is a perfect place to take a break, so we will be right back. Okay, welcome back. Are you open? No. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've never even met someone that's in an open relationship. I'm like, oh you my are God. a unicorn to me. I love this thought. Well, let's, literally, let's... I can go into it right now because basically my ex was a very nice person, but we just like weren't sexually compatible. But we were like, so we lived together and like we were so close. We were together all the time. And so I was like, oh, well, this will be great. It'll solve it. But then I remember what it's like to be like having amazing sex with someone. And I was like, mm, this doesn't work. I, so it, I don't think it would ever work for me. And now that I'm in a relationship where I'm like horny, horny, horny all the time, if he talked to another girl, I would pass out and die immediately. That's how you know. Like you actually like him. Yeah, exactly. Like right? I become a complete, complete psycho. Yep. Are you, do you get job? Wait, what's your sign? I'm a Sagittarius. Oh my God, I love Sag. Oh, good. Okay, good. What are you? I'm Leo. A Leo. So we're like, are we both fire? We're both fire and we're like, we both love adventure and people. Yeah. Okay, good. But I'm such a homebody. So like really? my adventures, oh my God. Oh my like God. beyond. Wow. I'm so- are you not? Well, teach me your ways. Teach me your open relationship adventurous ways. No, no, no. COVID turned me into one because now I like. That's why I love COVID. <laughs> oh my like, God. Everyone turned into a hypochondriac and a homebody. I know. I have been a hypochondriac since day one, but the homebody. No, I literally until COVID, like I had spent, I would say maybe two nights alone in my apartment. Like I would never. Stay at home. Total extrovert. Well, also just I had a huge fear of being alone and like couldn't – I would like fill the void with, you know, with whatever it was. I was obsessed and I still – but now I'm like, oh my god. It's heaven to be home alone. But did you start dating your boy? No. So you were dating him two years ago, right? We so. were dating before. Yeah, thankfully. And honestly, we were in this place where I was traveling so much and he's so annoying at texting me that I was like, is this going to work? And then all of a sudden it was like, JK, the world's ending. You can't go anywhere. And I was like, trapped. And then it, yeah, literally, it like (laughs) totally made our relationship amazing. I trapped my boyfriend. Like we were both supposed to be doing summer school. And so there was literally no one else there. And like I had a big crush on him for like two years prior. 
And I was like, were you friends or were you, was he just like? We were like friends, periphery friends. Like he'd come up to me and ask me if someone else that I was friends with was at the party. But like, no, no you know what I mean? <laughs> like, Wait, what's his name? Dylan. Dylan. Don't, yeah, I know. don't do that. Dylan. I know. I know. But then he came around when I trapped him because I was like, you literally have no one else here. <laughs> but obviously you guys have an amazing connection because you've been together for a hundred years. I think I knew. I think what's I his just. sign? He's a Scorpio, which oh scares God. the shit out of me every Sexy. day. I'm like surrounded by Scorpios. My best friend who I host my podcast with, Pat Regan, is a Scorpio. Yeah. And sometimes... I like him based on what I've heard from your podcast. He's so, so funny. But yeah, he describes it as being like mean and horny or something. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And like very uh, so sensitive and like passionate, I guess you can say, to be nice. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Totally. But yeah, so we've been together. I mean, he's like love of my life. I'm like. You love him. I'm literally addicted. I can tell. I'm addicted to his love. When I think about him, I just feel like, ooh. I love that so much. But wait, so like when you met him in your open relationship, what were the terms of the open relationship? Let's fucking go. So basically the terms were we had to say before if we were going to go on a date or go meet up with someone or hook up with someone and then no sleepovers. No sleepovers. And yeah, just like tell the other one what happened, basically. Okay, so like past, like only second base? No, I mean, you could have sex with them, but you couldn't sleep, literally sleep over. Oh, you could have sex, but you just literally couldn't no, sleep over. No, literally no sleepovers. So like I would oh go, like the first guy I hooked up with, I went on this like Tinder date with this guy and like we walked around Prospect Park and went to his apartment and like had crazy sex and I went home and was like, hey. <laughs> And like, do you tell you told him after, like, hey, I just came from. Yeah, I was like, well, he would be like, he knew I would be there, so he'd be like, how was it? I was like, it was fun, like, blah blah. And then, what would you two do together? Like, would you like <laughs> you and the boyfriend? Like, would you have picnics or like sex? We, I or... mean, we would hang out literally all day, every day. Was it platonic? Like, would you kiss randomly? Yeah, but it was never like charged. We would have sex. Like, I mean, at the beginning, we had a lot of sex, and then by the end, it was like, oh, it was always. And it's not his fault. Like some people just have different wants. Well, you're working double duty then because then you're like having sex with some people and having sex with him at home. We right? were, No, we weren't having a lot of sex because I was always like – like the reason it happened was because I was like, please, my God, fuck me. And it was always like this thing. Like he didn't have as high a sex drive as I did. It was so fucking annoying, but it's not his fault. So how would you have that conversation? Like were you like – To open it? Yeah. I feel like we, we always – you know, you always have like the same fights. I feel like we would always have a conversation of like – not having enough sex would turn into me being like, you're not attracted to me. Totally. Like, always of course. does. And so he was always like, of course I am. Why would I live with you, be with you? What are you talking about? And so I was, so then finally, like one night over like four beers. Get you lubricated. Yeah, exactly. He was very like open-minded and cool about it. Wow. Are you still friends? No, but I wish it was the best. <laughs> but, but, but literally, I, but literally there was no fight. There was no bad blood. It was just like. Were condoms a rule? Uh, yeah, 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 of course. Yeah, you had to, like, I mean, protected. I'm so, so anxious and crazy. Like, I'm super safe. Yeah. So that was part of the conversation. Like, there have to be condoms involved. Absolutely. But, like, let's say you just go out and then you're like, fuck, there's a really hot guy. Like, do you text your boyfriend and say, like, I'm thinking about it? I think that I think that definitely happened once or twice. The whole thing, I would say, it was over, like, a six-month period and it crumbled pretty quickly. Because it quickly turned into me like falling for someone and seeing the same person over and over again. And then the one – so basically my friend Chris from college was – we were having drinks one night and I was like, I'm open now. And he was like, oh my god, my friend 
Brian um, just broke up with his girlfriend and he thinks you're cute. Like maybe you guys could hang out because you're both like not looking for a relationship or whatever. So then we were about to have a date. And then the night before our date, we ran into each other at Chris's like house party and started just like crazy hooking up in this closet. And I was like, I I literally was like, I looked at him and I was like, you're going to ruin my life. Yeah. And I knew. Yeah. And then we started. What's his name? Brian. Brian. Brian from heaven. And then <laughs> and then basically it it progressed. And then one night I accident I slept over like I You broke the rule. I broke the rule because I was yeah, I was like drunk and I was way uptown. And I just texted my boyfriend like, Hey, I'm staying over. Sorry. Like I, I don't have my I don't have my keys, blah blah blah. Some some bullshit. And then when I came home in the morning, he was like, What's what's going on? Wow. Wow. So he was like strict with the rules. And he just knew, like, you'd met this guy that, like, it was liked. It was just obvious. And I couldn't – at that point, I was just like, you know, yeah, I'm not – and then we had to keep living together for, like, two months after we broke up. Oh, Jesus. Don't <laughs> tell me that. Oh, no. It was honestly very cordial. Yeah, that sounds like everyone needs to adopt this. Like, if you're with a guy that you're like, meh, he's okay, you know, make it open. But I feel like I was kind of, like, a coward about it. Like, I probably – I don't think I knew this, but I think I wanted to end it. And I was yeah, scared. but then everyone else cheats. Everyone, like everyone else in that situation, just doesn't have the conversation. Exactly. So I think it was a cool experience. I'm glad we tried it. Um, but I, I wouldn't do it again. Hey, it led you to Brian from heaven. I mean, literally, thank God. So we love. But then the drama is that once I broke up with my ex, Brian and I like were like off to the races, like let's fucking go. And then all of a sudden, he freaked out and was like this is too fast. You just got out of a relationship. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? I was like, don't ever talk to me again. We end it. I don't talk to him or see him for two months. Yeah. Then I'm walking down Fifth Avenue. And guess who I see walking up Fifth Avenue looking gorgeous in a suit? Oh, my God. Brian from heaven. And then the rest is hissed. Okay, so that's the thing about being single in L.A. versus being single in New York. Mm -hmm. There's no spontaneity in L.A. Like, you're not going to run into anyone. Like, you're going to run into, like, your high school soccer coach or something, but, like, not <laughs> someone you actually want to, like, run into. You know, like, you're not going to be like, oh, and I saw them at a bar. Wait, so how long have you lived in L.A.? My whole life. Forever. So you love Forever. it. Forever. Yeah. I mean, it's just, like, my family's here and my boyfriend's whole family's here. That's so nice. If it ain't broke. Totally. You know, it's like, we don't have seasons, but, like, I like that, I guess. Have you lived in New York? Your whole- oh, no, you haven't. You lived in Houston, right? I grew up in Houston. And then, yeah, I've lived here since college. So I've been here like seven years. Do you think you'll be there forever? Yeah. I love it. And I Brian lo- from Heaven's from there? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm such a – I'm so crazy. Dating me is literally horrible, but here we are. Um, it sounds great. It, I would love someone to come on a podcast and say that I'm from Heaven. I'm Well, it's so funny because like – I'm very words of affirmation-y. What's your love language? Too. No, that's my that is my only currency. Is that what you give or is that what you want to receive? Mm, I think so my giving love language is definitely gift giving. Like I definitely am a gift giver. I love giving gifts, but I don't want you to reciprocate. Like I'm like no, you're making it weird. Don't do that. Because it just makes it uncomfortable. Like, I, I don't expect anything in return. I just really like giving gifts. But as far as receiving love, words of affirmation all day long. Like, give me a compliment. I'm I'm happy. I'm such a words of affirmation girl. But what, what's yours? A guy, like, hanging up a shelf for you is, like, the sexiest thing in the world. 
Yeah, but my boyfriend is like, bless his heart. He's the best, but he is not handy. He's wonderful at a lot of things. Being handy is not one of them. Like he tries to help around the house and like it's the sweetest thing in the world. And he can do like, you know, he's the dish guy in our house. He has a lot of his own jobs. But when it comes to like hanging up a picture or he was plunging the toilet the other day with my goop body brush. No. That he found. Fa- oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I keep telling myself, like, I'm like, Jade, you can't, if you correct him this one, or like if you say like move over, I'll do it, then I will be the toilet plunger lady for the rest of my fucking life. So I'm like, I can't do that. So I just let him continue doing it and just like cringed in the corner. Oh my God. Well, one time he did hang up my curtains. So you never oh. know. But okay, so. what I'll say, have you seen, this is my new obsession, the show Couples Therapy on Showtime? Yes. Oh, I'm so obsessed. So good. The toilet brush so thing good. reminds me of that, you know? <laughs> okay. So I want to ask you, I'm like, I could literally talk to you for four I know, years. I hope, I hope you have time. I have a million years. Well, I, okay. I am, however, um, you'll love this. I'm doing my breath work therapy. Um, I love that. At, yeah, at 6.30. Have you done I, breath work? Yes. Do you do kundalini ever? Is that? Uh, I don't know. What's Try that? kundalini. It's what's up. It's like. How do you spell that? Is that with a K? I think it's with a K. Okay, I'll look it up. I'm not sure what this is. I just had. A friend of mine was like, I did this thing that changed my life. Let me introduce you to this woman. Her name is Bianca. And yeah, you just lay on the floor and you just breathe until you're shaking. No, that stuff really works. And it makes you feel like you just worked out. I was just going to say, I was like, it feels like you exercise. You get the endorphins. Yeah. Yeah. You get high. Not really high, but it feels good. And me and Bianca both really like Taylor Swift. So we listened to like, there was one where we just like listened to folklore on repeat, like the whole session. Oh, it was yeah. so good. Oh, what's your favorite album? Oh, my God. I mean, ugh. it's so hard. I know, because I feel like 1989 was so good, but I also randomly love Reputation, and Lover is underrated. Yeah, Lover is underrated. I love Red yeah. so much. I kind of miss the Red phase, if I'm honest. Me too. Like, give me Treacherous, give me, like, Almost Do, all those, you so know. So good. I need to send you, there's, like, a bracket for like finding the best taylor swift song oh, have okay, you seen I'm that there. yeah no i'm there i can't remember what i landed on but it was it was like an impossible task yeah but it's like for people like our age like she really i feel like when you say to people like oh i'm a taylor swift fan like i'm such a closet taylor swift fan because people think like mm, like like people don't understand when you say it's like embarrassing to say that you're a taylor swift fan but when you talk to another millennial girl you know who was like who really grew up listening to Taylor Swift songs. And like, she really was the voice of our generation for women. Like she really was there for like, I feel like every big moment of my growing up from like 15 to 22, as she's saying, um, was like, all. It, she was the soundtrack of like me growing up. And I feel like a lot of women feel that way. Oh, you know oh I mean? me, like, try, me learning Tim McGraw on the guitar, like yes. in my bedroom. Oh my God, I love her so much. Me too. Let's talk about your 20s. Oh my God. Because you're freshly out, right? Not yet. (laughs) Don't be rude. I'm I'm 29. Don't bully me on your podcast. Um, I know it's actually crazy. I don't know what I feel. Yeah, I'm turning 30 in August. Okay. Yes, you're a Leo. We went over that. I kind of feel like it, nothing counts or matters. And like, I think before the pandemic, I would have had a different reaction. But now I'm just like, okay, cool. Like, life, you literally can't control anything. So might as well keep going. 
I don't think I think there's other there's just so much other stuff I can think about and care about than my age do you what yeah, do you me think t- no I mean I but I think like yeah like I truly believe that everything happens for not for happens for a reason that sounds too cliche but I just mean like everyone's on their own trajectory you know what I mean like I'll figure my shit out when I'm supposed to I don't know that 30 is the year I'm supposed to have kids and be married no that's too soon you know that's too soon yeah it's like crazy well Instagram is life ruining but I think it's always like whatever you know it's the classic thing of whatever you're jealous of that's like what you want and you have to just be like okay so exactly so when I see people getting engaged or married or having babies like I feel nothing so I'm like okay I don't want that yet that's totally true yeah like my friend from Chicago will send me wedding announcements and I'll be like, oh, yeah, her skirt's really ugly. And she's like, <laughs> no, I thought that would be me by now. And I was like, oh. I didn't feel like that at all. Like, she's like, I was so jealous. That's sad. I also think, like, when you're in a good relationship, like, we're lucky enough to be, it's like, it doesn't True. really matter what you're doing. Of course. Yeah. But it's like, I mean, you know, shit could happen any minute. And then I start over at 27. You know what I mean? It's or fucking whatever. scary. No, now that I love uh, someone so much, it's obviously like, oh, my it's terrifying. It's like if you. Oh, it's so scary. If you fuck with me, dude, is what I think. I'm like, I will freak out. Yeah. I will lose my shit. Totally. Because now there are two layers, though. It's like if you fuck me over, I will be ruined forever is like how I feel. But then it's also if you die, like if you are texting and driving, you will kill me. You know what I mean? I'm also oh, like. Oh, I mean, you it can't It sucks win. having. No, it's like you have. This town. This town. <laughs> I mean, you literally can't. It's. It's. That's why you have to be present, which is the hardest thing to be. I mean, you're talking to the most anxious person in the world. Really? Like, I oh my god! Yeah. Do you, what do you What do you take? What do you do? What do you take? What do you? So I am on Lexapro. You like it? I, you know, I, this is something that I really want to talk to you about. So let's just get into okay. it now. I, okay, I love it. I started it during quarantine. Like I started mm-hmm. so it it's before. New. It's new. I tried a bunch of different ones. You know, it's like takes the longest time to find like the right antidepressant yeah what so what did you not like about the other ones i well so i tried wellbutrin Uh once and i was like put on way too high of a dose and i had a seizure from it (gasps) it was so scary are you serious oh yeah like full-fledged like i've never had a seizure before never had one since oh my god that's so scary so like then i swore off of them for two or three years because i was like holy shit like you just get because it took me like a lot of time to trust my body again but that wasn't gonna happen so now i'm on and I love it because it makes me less ruminative. And I have depression more so than anxiety, I feel like. Okay. Like in bed, lifeless kind of thing. I get bouts like that. So I like it because I used to be the kind of person that's like, okay, I'm going to the grocery store. Okay, I have to take like 16 steps to get to my closet. And then I have to like put it, everything mm-hmm. was so hard. And it just yep. like kind of took, it made space between me and my thoughts, which I love. That's amazing. But the sex part, which I know, like, you wrote, what it, Prozac versus pleasure. Yes. it's Because, like, you just have to work harder. It can still yeah. happen. You just got to work harder. So tell me about your antidepressant experience. So you've been on it, like, a year-ish? Like, almost a year. Yeah. What's your experience? Thankfully, I didn't have – oh, my God. So scary about the Wobutrin. I was scared to try st- – I know. Isn't that so scary? God, yeah. It, it doesn't happen to everyone, so don't knock well. Well, I have okay. tried it, actually. But yeah, so I was, like, scared to try stuff for a long time. I kept, like, filling the prescription and then not taking it or taking it for, like, two days and then feeling – because I'm just so anxious. So I was like, I'm crazy. Then finally in quarantine, I was obviously like, I want to die, um, which was really scary, which was a scary thought uh, that I don't want anyone to have. <laughs> and so, yeah, I st- and, and also I was going to be away from – I was going to, you know, be – 
home in Texas and not with Brian for like a month. So I was like, oh, perfect. I won't have to think about the sex stuff. So I started taking the Prozac and people love Prozac. I similarly felt what you're describing kind of like I would feel something that might cut me really deep. Instead, I would kind of just cut like a little bit and then I could like move yes. forward. Yes. You know? Totally. But I actually recently <laughs> – I'm like going rogue. I actually recently kind of – so I had weaned myself down to like the lowest dose and then I recently stopped taking it. Um, I think I'm doing that classic thing where you like think you're okay. That happens to me every <laughs> time. So my therapist literally every time we meet, the second that she stops saying it, I'm going to like have this idea. Every six months, like I want to go off because I'm like, oh, I'm fine. I don't need I it. Know. Like, you know what I mean? And I have that I have that same inclination. I know. So I'm not sure. I've been off it for like a week or so. <laughs> How's that going? Um, I feel fine, but also like now that it's like the weather's amazing, it's spring. Right. Right. I'm also just like I'm on, I'm on so many journeys because I'm also trying to deal with what we'd mentioned at the beginning, my my polycystic ovarian syndrome. So I'm like I'm on a new med for that. And I think part of me has been feeling like it's scary to think of taking a lot of things because I'm like, well, what's actually like doing? So I'm like, if I can be on fewer medications, maybe I'll be able to solve the root of whatever's going on with me. Exactly. Yeah. There is like that thing where you're like, okay, I don't want to be on like five different pills. Like how far does that make me from like my natural soul self, you know? So it's, so my sister's a therapist. Oh my God. Interesting. Yeah. Keep them close. Is she yeah. older or younger? She's four years older. Okay, perfect. Yeah. So, but she's been like doing a ton of research and like going to all these meetings and learning a lot about psychedelics. So Ooh. now okay. I know like a few people that are microdosing. They seem so happy. Mushrooms? Yeah, I think it's like psilocybin yeah. or whatever. Have you done mushrooms? No, I've done – I took those chocolate mushrooms mm -hmm. that are huge right now. Yeah. Oh, my God. Have you seen 22 Jump Street? Oh, like randomly, yes, but I don't well, remember a single thing from it. <laughs> like where Channing Tatum's like having – I can't remember who's having a good trip and a bad trip, mm -hmm. but like my boyfriend was having like the time of his life. Uh -huh. And I was like – I took too much too soon and I was like riddled with nausea. Really? Oh, and, that like, sucks. Oh, it, so I like had the worst trip ever. So like I haven't – again, but I think it's something that I would love. I'm not a good drug taker. Oh, no. I am I hate weed and, like, I'm terrified of it. But this summer, you love weed. I, I'm like, I'm a bad drug taker, but I smoke oh, weed really? Night, I wish so I liked fun. it. I've been getting a little bit into, like, edibles to help me sleep, but it makes me psycho. Yeah. Can, if you, like, if I have sativa, it makes me, like, Do you smoke? Out. Yeah. I, like, I don't like the act of, like, smoking a joint. But, but I got really into mushrooms this summer, mm -hmm. the chocolate mushrooms. Yeah, everyone this summer was obsessed, and you love them. Yeah, I mean, I took the, I'm so I took a really small dose. I just felt like in a good mood. I didn't like see things, you know. Yeah, good mood is great. Well, because that's how they described it to me. They were like, "Oh, it just feels like you smoked a lot of weed, and if you smoke a lot of weed, it like doesn't work as much anymore." You know, what I mean, it loses like potency. So I was like, "Sweet." It was not like that. <laughs> like I went into it with like a great attitude too, but it was like we were we went to this new restaurant in Cabo. We thought no, that was the right time to fucking try it. <laughs> no, and so we tried. It was so bad. We ordered like so much food. I got so nauseous. We had that to leave. Sucks. Like he ate all the food, and I, like, it was, was so mad at me because I was like having the worst trip. That's so funny. yeah. Thank yeah. God. Thank a friend of God. mine was like, "You're not supposed to look at." your phone when you're doing it like that can be really triggering like, to see like anything about the world that's like outside of your present circumstances hello it's triggering i know right oh my god it, i literally well, yeah oh it's i yeah i've had this i've been like deleting and re-downloading my apps like recently because i just 
honestly the urge has like gone away for I used to be so addicted now I'm like it actually brings me no joy yeah it brings me like the opposite of joy but I'm like still addicted to it but it's like kind of your career is it like right like I guess it's all of our career well that's what I was gonna say when we're like posting for work it's just like you have to and I and I also I've connected with so many amazing people and I like having a place to share my stuff but it's um but what's your coping mechanism for like social oh my god do you compare yourself mostly to other women like based on their body or like do you compare yourself to other women like other comedians or other actresses? Yeah, it's mostly like, oh my God, that person's doing that person's doing a project. I wish I was doing that. It's all that. Like the body stuff, it's like I've been seeing beauty like, you know, growing up, I was like, I've seen magazines of people whose bodies I wanted for years. I'm like, yes. it's old news. And it's all face tuned anyway. Exactly. You can just tell yourself. No, it's so all it's like- professional, like I want what I want what she has and it's like it sucks too and it's like people you love or people who are your friends and your first instinct is like fuck and then you have to be like be happy for this person Catherine like you love them and they deserve this thing but it's hard yes it's almost like you don't recognize yourself like this green envious monster comes out and is like fuck that and like I'll do the thing where like I'll try to list all the reasons why like it'll fail and I'm like that's the nastiest (laughs) hole to go down like it's so vile but it's like I'm trying to like save myself from ruining my – it'll ruin my whole day. If I see someone like got an opportunity that like I wanted and it's terrible. It's like why I feel the exact that? same way. I've literally in the past described it as like it's not me. It's like a different person who like comes to life when yeah. I feel like these – I've been reading this like DBT workbook, which is really fascinating. And um, they talk about like being in the red zone. And sometimes I'm like you're not operating as yourself. You're just like this different – yeah, so so CBT is based on like the your thoughts and like kind of interfering with your thoughts. I What's DBT? I don't know. This is such a dumb bitch answer. Basically, my friend had it, and I was at her apartment, and I was freaking out, and she like showed it to me and, and kind of talked me down, and so I bought it on Amazon. Di- is it dialectic? Is it like yes? It's okay. Dialectic behavioral. So maybe it's about the language you use more so than dialectical your thoughts. behavioral I don't know. therapy is. Someone's going to listen to this and be like, no, these I know. girls but basically, are. If you listen to this and think I'm dumb, it's like, <laughs> I said that first. I'm dumb. Yeah, you're right. We agree. We're best friends. Grow up. Get over it. Um, anyways, it's, I'm just getting into it. I'm just starting. But it's it's very fascinating because it seems to give you like actual tools. Whereas I was kind of seeing a Freudian ass like dream girl who was not helping me. Are you in therapy? I actually just broke up with one of them. I had two therapists. One who was mm-hmm. this dream girl who I'm like, she was great, but she would just kind of talk me. I would get in a worse mood after talking to her because it would remind me of everything that I was annoyed about. And then I have this new woman who is like specializes in um, sort of OCD, but we're dealing with like eating disorder stuff. Okay. So we're really getting you- into the eating. So that's who you're currently seeing? The eating girl. Yeah. Have you had trouble with eating disorder oh, before? I mean, my brain is so deeply broken that I can't even. I mean, girl, I feel the same way. Sometimes. It's but I, I feel swear. like every now that I'm doing this therapy and like really thinking about it, I like I'm talking about this kind of thing with so many of my friends, and like every woman I know is like, oh yeah, like I've tried to start myself. It's like oh totally, right? it's just crazy. Yeah, it's weird. Actually, I've been talking to a lot of my friends about this as well, and one of my friends called me the other day and was asking me like if I've ever had a touch of an eating disorder or if I've ever sampled with, you know, weird diets or starving myself or things like that. And my immediate reaction was like, no. And then I thought more about it. And I was like, oh, actually in seventh grade, like I definitely, you know, was like my body was changing. I just got my period. And I remember like working out like crazy and like eating like yogurt and walnuts and 
it only lasted like a little while. And I, you know, I think it's really lucky that I didn't get any attention either way for it. Like I kind of just was able to go through that phase and have it be over, thank God. But it's interesting. I don't think that there's a woman, you'd be hard pressed to find a woman that hasn't tried a dodgy diet or, you know, tried starving herself or tried an unhealthy way of losing weight. I just think it's something we all deal with. And it shouldn't have to be just like an emergency for you to seek help, because I think we all need help with the way that we talk about our bodies and think about our bodies, because it takes up so much brain space. Yeah. Well, I feel the same way in that it was never like obvious I need to cry for help, but it was more and I've only realized in recent years how much of my brain space it occupies, and I'm just like really sick of that, and I want to just be free of that. I think I have major body dysmorphia. Oh, yeah. I used to struggle a lot with like binging and restricting, and it's just... It's fascinating how it's just a vicious cycle and it never you can never win with dieting. Like dieting doesn't no. work. And especially now there's all those like intermittent fasting and which literally I'm like what the hell is that? It gave <laughs> me an eating disorder. I was like, "Oh, for sure." I mean, right? Do you have, did you do it? Yeah. Yeah, because you're like, "Oh, okay, it's suddenly okay for me not to eat all day." And like <laughs> You know, I'm like, okay, sweet. I guess like that's what I'm going to call this now, intermittent fasting. Like now I have a new word for like starving myself. Literally, like I remember it was like 2017 and I would like reward myself. I'd be so proud if I like didn't eat until like five. Yeah, I know. Like so sick. It is so crazy. So I'm I'm only now like not feeling guilty if I have like calories before like noon. Yeah, but then it's like now we have to unlearn this stupid intermittent fasting that we thought was like good for, and like, it's just and it's also a like men love to talk about intermittent fasting. I'm like, you actually totally. know it. Shut the fuck up. And like they're <laughs> less hungry than we are on just like a general basis, you know? They don't get it. They don't. They don't. It. They don't. They really don't. Mm-hmm. So you stopped with that one therapist. Mm-hmm. Was it awkward to stop? Did you just ghost or how'd you leave? We were just having our a conversation, and I was like, I don't think this is helping. And then I sent her a text, like, I don't want to meet anymore. And then she never responded. Oh my god, how catty of that! It sucks therapist. because I really, I really like her. I, I, I don't know. I think I, I was ultimately like kind of rude to her on the phone, but it was only because <laughs> she pissed you off so much. She, well, she wanted it. She was like, well, "What do you mean? Tell me why you're upset." Like go, and so it was kind of this thing where I was like, "It's okay, it's okay." And she's like, "Well, it's not okay. Well, you know, it's okay to be upset. So tell me why you're upset." And so then I felt right. annoyed. I don't know. What What about you? Are you in like, that would really annoy me. Yeah, I'm in th- I've been in major, major therapy. Like I used to go twice a week. Now I mm-hmm. go once a week or I don't go anywhere anymore. It's over the phone, obviously, yeah. uh, which sucks. But um, actually, does it suck? I feel like it's opened the door for more people to like go to therapy now totally. that they don't have like the excuse of like the commute. Yeah. But it's it was definitely hard. Like now I'm in an office like I work like in a little office outside of our house but before when I was like doing it in my house and like Dylan was like walking around and I'd be like <laughs> that's impossible <laughs> like, in our sex life or like something like oh, yeah. insane like no so it was like so hard but yeah so I'm in therapy I love my therapist that's great it's hard to find a good one I know I've had her for like five years too oh my god that's special I know and she but she's like you know someday like you may want to like switch it up and I'm like no don't leave me like please don't leave me oh no yeah like everyone in my life relies on her to like keep me sane. So it's it's great. <laughs> is Dylan in therapy? Yes, it's he so is, good. which is like super it's so, attractive. It's so hot. I know. Yeah, it's wonderful. It's like, I don't know if you're allowed to have like preferences or requirements, but that would for sure be a requirement on my Raya or Hinge or whatever. You have to be in therapy. 
So you are a true multi-hyphenate for sure already. Like you're an actress, an oh author, my the God, whole. Stop. Every twenty year old, every twenty something year old is very envious of you right now, including myself. That's hilarious because every day I feel like a loser. <laughs> Isn't that insane? Yeah. yeah. Like we just like feel like shit about ourselves all day long and then think that it's only us and then everyone else is feeling like and then you see like a meme online you're like oh my god someone else out there is feeling like this totally. and it's like it's, we torture ourselves i had dinner with a friend last night and it was just like us going back and forth like telling each other like why we're doing okay i'm like no but like don't you see like as an outsider i can see all this good stuff about you and she's like that's what i think about you and it's like right yeah. it's just crazy but yeah I'm is trying. it easy for you to confide in people when you're really low <laughs> yeah it's impossible to <laughs> shut me up I literally I literally can't keep a single thought to myself it is a disorder it is that's what's hard I think that's good no, though no no sometimes you gotta oh, it, sometimes you gotta can it because why like what kind of trouble does it get you into basically I'll ha- I'll bring up I'll complain about the same things over and over again until no one wants anything to do with me that's fine. I'm like, but at least you're open about it and you know everything that's bugging you. But like, do you share too much stuff? Like, does your boyfriend ever be like, oh my God, okay, like, why did you say that? Uh, No, no. He's, I mean, he gets frustrated with me if I go, if I'm going down the same thought spirals over and over again. Oh, yeah. And I'm really, he gets mad when I'm like so it's hard to, to watch. myself. Yeah. He's yeah. like, I can't watch you do this to yourself. It's not fair Dylan said to the me, exact same right? thing to me last week. Yeah. Exactly. But, um, yeah. No, he doesn't, he doesn't care if I share details about like, our life or whatever yeah like i i bet he prefers you being confident and open about your life rather than going on one of those crazy self-loathing shame spirals that we love to go on but does your boyfriend ever get upset about you oversharing like does he ever say like this about my life is off limits or that's off limits oh it's so hard not to get in those oh my god it's so i mean it happens constantly and it's like yeah yesterday (laughs) <laughs> it's the worst. I had one. What day is it today? Wednesday. I had one Monday. Yeah. Yeah. We're coming fresh off our our, our spirals. <laughs> our spirals, and it sucks because it's just the same shit over and over again. Like it's just like the same ruminative thoughts, like the same. And then it's weird because you wake up the next day or two days later, and you're like, "Huh, I actually feel okay about myself. Like I don't hate myself that much." Not even two days for me. It's like two two hours. Like my yeah. moods are so. I'm so volatile. But I didn't even feel – I mean, that's why you're like, yeah, you should get on your meds again, girl. But I don't feel like it's different. I get it. Like, so, so you're like – do you tell your therapist when you go off that stuff? Well, <laughs> well, I kind of broke up with her, so – Oh, okay. So she – yeah. So this new therapist doesn't I kinda, know. I kind of keep some things to myself. I mean, I'm literally being – I'm being bad right – I'm being bad right now. I know. Listeners, calm <laughs> down. I know I'm being bad. I'm doing it. I'm trying it out. It's hard. It's a hard commitment. Like, for me, it was scary, and it's still scary. Like, I would rather be on – like microdosing mushrooms that like I didn't feel really and like didn't have a lot of chemical interference with my normal bodily functions. Yeah. But it's like, I don't know. These are the cards I was dealt, man. It actually was crazy because I've been off it a week and when we were having sex like two nights ago, I was like, and I was like just starting my period, which makes me like extra horny. So I was like, this is the best sex I've ever had in my life. I'm never taking these drugs again. But then you feel like shit and you're like, why did I do that? Oh, my God. Do you think everyone's trying their best or no? Do you think people are evil? In life? Yeah. I think everyone's trying their best. Sometimes I'm like, are – sometimes people do things and you're like, are you trying your best? But I think you're right. No. Let me rephrase. That was just like my gut answer, like what I thought was like PC and and nice. (laughs) But 
What I really feel is like, I think it's split right down the middle. Like I think the people that are like always looking to improve and like approve upon themselves and Mm -hmm. like the self-aware people are doing their best. If you're not, I don't think you're doing your best. If you're not reflecting on like how you make other people feel or like how you conduct yourself, I don't think you're doing your best. Yeah, I don't know. I think I like I like to think everyone's fundamentally good, but it can be um it can be trying. Yeah, I think people are just traumatized. You know, like I think there's just a lot of yes, I think there's just like a lot of fucking trauma, and like no one's working on it. It's it's hard out there. No one no one gets through life unscathed. Ain't that the damn truth? And yet we're here. We're podcasting. We have it all. Yeah, look at us. We have it all. We should be we should be thrilled. No more spirals. I know. I'm doing breath work therapy. You know, I'm. It is. It's crazy how much the weather, like it being nice outside today, is like life changing. Oh, I'm so like such a seasonally depressed person. Yeah. I could not live in London. Like I would not leave mm. my house. If I have the option, if I'm like, oh, there's a cloud, mm, I probably should stay in bed. Doesn't the dog help with that? You're like, well, I ha- literally have to go out. I was about to say that. Yeah. Yes. So like, totally, he gets me out of bed because like, I have to walk him twice or three times a day, and and feed him. So you're like, and like those little things. My therapist always says, like, self-esteem is built from doing esteemable acts. Oh. So it's like when you keep oh. those – and yeah, you know. Just... Let, me, let, me pack, let me unpack that. <laughs> so it's just, like, nice to, like, get those little accomplishments over in the morning, you know? I was talking about this dog thing with my friend uh, this morning, and I was like, does it make me boring if I get a dog? Like, is my life over? And he was I don't like, think you could be boring. No, but he's – it was so funny. He was like, it definitely does give off the vibe of, like, okay, I just want to enjoy my life. Yes. And it's like, ew. Yeah, no, it's it is totally it is like a very wholesome. It does give off that vibe. Like you're kind of just like, yeah, I'm settling down, even if like you're not. That's what's so scary because I'm like I'm so ambitious. I want so many things, and is a dog gonna make me like? No, okay, no. You will still do all of those things. I mean, what is what a stupid thing to worry about? <laughs> no, it's not. It's like a it's a huge decision. I wish everyone would freaking care about getting a dog so they don't get these animals and then just give them back in two seconds. I know. I love that my worry is literally like, oh no, what if I enjoy my life? <laughs> <laughs> oh, what if I like feel daily pleasure instead of like Yeah, constant... you're like, whoa, what would that be like? How would that affect my success? It's, it's so wild. No, but we're we're you're getting a dog. We're gonna exchange numbers so that I can fully be I wanna be fully involved. I will babysit from LA. I love that. And I also, yeah, now that we've met and now I'm like, we have to do mushrooms together. Okay. A hundred percent. When you're ready. You are, ready. you are the person that I would do it with. I'm honored. I'm honored. Yeah. It, that's big. Cause I'm like, I just, I want to rewrite history. I want to rewrite that experience because everyone loves them, but me. Yeah. I think it's, it's, you know, you gotta, you gotta just give it, give it some time. I mean, it's, I, there was one day I, actually when we had, <laughs> we went to Prospect Park in the fall and we're like, Let's we're gonna do mushrooms and like it was supposed to be this beautiful day and it started raining and I hadn't eaten that morning because I was say it with me intermittent fasting and I I had a similar I was like where are my arms it was raining yeah you have to just like get back on the horse as they say yeah you gotta just try again yeah because like I think I like tried Molly in college one time that was laced with some insane thing I've never done Molly I'm scared don't I I literally just said on your podcast if you don't like a drug just try it again I definitely want to <laughs> say that I don't agree with that statement that I just made <laughs> I'd like to retract definitely that don't statement. do drugs it's actually way cooler if people don't need to get fucked up to feel okay but sometimes that's but what if we you need. do <gasps> yeah I know I've been trying to drink less which is obviously horrible um yeah it's definitely interesting I feel like at, you're at that part of quarantine yeah I've kind of been in and out of it it's like now I'm like doing my two weeks of like 
Yeah, you know, you're reaching the wholesome stage of quarantine where you're starting breath work and you're thinking of quitting drinking and you're thinking of getting a dog. Exactly. Until last week, I was in Canada for this work thing and I had to quarantine by myself in a hotel room for 14 days and I couldn't leave the room. And I was like, how am I not going to like binge eat and just like get fucked up? And it was like, yeah, it was kind of a thing where like I would do that like one night and then you'd feel so bad that you'd be like, okay, for a few nights. And then you'd, I feel like I had like two nights where I was like, girl, what are you doing? I had, isn't that the worst though? Like when your, when your brain won't let you relax, when you're like, no, 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 like it's okay. Like I've given myself permission to have this day. And your brain's like, no, you're worthless. You're stupid. You can't, oh my God. Why are you doing, I literally, you're wasting your life. I woke up to a note on my, uh, on my phone that I had written, like in my notes app that said, <laughs> all caps. I was clearly drunk because I was like mistyped. It was like, food will not heal you. <laughs> so dark but it might I mean it but it might you know what it sometimes does like the other night now that I'm back in New York I'm just like horny for life and the other night it was like I was having oysters and martinis on the Upper West Side and I was like how could this not be healing this is what life's about yeah and like if you're working on yourself in every other way like you're doing the antidepressants or you know you're taking a break from antidepressants (laughs) or like you're doing you know it'll be so funny to like talk to you like a a month after this episode and be like oh yeah I was a disaster after I saw (laughs) (laughs) no people have come on the show and been like yeah I quit drinking and then two weeks later they're like drinking it's it's the best it's like we're we're all trying our best as we said but also I remember like when I went on the antidepressant the first time my therapist was like you know it's also like it's a traumatic it's something you can go on and off depending on what you're going through and like yeah. you're going through something traumatic we all were and yeah. so I, I kind of figured at some point I might try weaning myself off so who knows no my therapist was like because I have really bad PMS or like mm. I especially did when I was on the pill now I'm off what do you take and she was like I'm off and oh, I'm off everything now wow. but I was on low low estrin is that the mini pill or is that different what's a mini pill I have to take a pill that's just um, progesterone. Progesterone. Oh, interesting. Because the estrogen fucks with my migraines. This is all fast. It's all very fascinating. I know. It is. No, is that uh, what's it called? What's that thing that everyone is spironolactone? What's that? I don't know. It's like everyone likes it for acne and stuff. I don't know. Oh, interesting. My We're just actually, pushing drugs on people. I know. I'm obsessed. Spironolactone. I don't know what that is. Um, my one the, the the best thing about me, and I do knock on wood, but skin, I have amazing skin. It's okay. Oh, good. And I can, yeah, I can so come you... on a podcast and say, yes, I'm anxious, depressed, my ovaries are completely fucked, and my brain is twisted, but my skin looks amazing. Yes, everything in my life may be crumbling, but I will always make sure my skin comes correct. You're glowing. You're glowing. Thank you. I have Botox, so it's like you, I literally should can't I? move my forehead. Should I? A hundred percent. But I, I think everyone should. I've been getting it since I was like 24. <laughs> I'm scared of it. <laughs> well, can't you see? I'm so surprised right now. I can. I can. And like, I can't. Like, I'm trying so really how hard. How often do you have to get it? I get it like every nine months. Oh, that's like not very often. Yeah, it's not bad at all. I just feel like it makes me like shine, so I like it. But... <laughs> I know. <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm like everything else. But don't you feel like once you started, it's like you couldn't stop? For sure. Yeah. But you look amazed. Thank you. It's definitely something I would consider. Yeah, consider it. Guess what? It's good for migraines. Oh, it, yeah, it <laughs> is. It is. I actually get it in my jaw because it's, you know, good for TMJ. Oh, you have TMJ. Yeah. Yeah, and just like this is just, a big job. This just turned into a medical podcast. We're just we're two know, doc- okay, we're two sorry. no we're two young doctors exploring <laughs> yes. all the options. Please, please take all of our advice yeah, and none of we're it. We're really smart. Yeah, exactly. 
But I want to go back to you saying you're a movie star. You want to be a movie yeah, star. Yeah, I really need because that. Because I know so many people, like especially living in LA, a lot of my friends who are like just starting acting or doing that 20-something-year-old pivot. Mm-hmm. And I get it. Even when I was starting this podcast, I was like, oh, God, like I have to say I'm a podcast host. Like, I'm like, oh, my God. You know what I mean? I'm like, I am an expert at dodging the what do you do for a living question. An expert. I'm unbelievable what do you at say? it. Like, I'll be like, I'll be like, look, a train. Like, it'll be like any, like truly anything. Like, I can divert from that subject. Yeah. Or I'll leave and like let my boyfriend answer it for because they'll ask both of us. And I'm like, oh, like I got to go to the right, right, of course. You know, like I just run away from it because especially like 60 something year old men that always ask me, oh. they're like, what's your podcast about? And I'm like, I know, you know, honestly. like it's going to be lost on you anyway. I know literally at the doctor on Monday, I was like, she was like, are you going back to the office? And I didn't know how to explain. I was just like, I, I paused for like 20 <laughs> minutes. I was like, I'm freelance. I'm freelance. Yeah. And she's like, okay. I'm freelance. People are like, you're a yeah. dumb bitch. I'm like, I know. I, I was like, I was getting my vaccine and I was like so nervous because they're like in military uniform and I'm like so afraid of authority. Totally. And I was like so afraid that I shouldn't be there because I was just like, I don't want any vaccine shame. Like I'm trying to wait my turn. You know, I'm trying right, to like right, do right. all the things, whatever. I, I swear, I don't know why I said it. Like, I initially planned on telling them my profession so they knew that I wasn't an essential worker or knew that, like, I had another job that didn't allow me to get an early vaccine. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to tell them I'm a podcast host. But then when I got there, I got so nervous. And I was like, and they didn't give a fuck, like, who I was, what I did for a living, how old I was. They truly could not have cared less. But I was like, "Uh, I'm in media. And it just came out. And I don't know why. (laughs) <laughs> I was like that's true uh, hey that's to me that's true that's that's a true thing about you I was like what just happened like what just happened in my brain I, and I think he like thought I meant like I work for the news right. so like give me a good vaccine or, I work like, in media it was hum- it was like one of the most embarrassing moments as of late <laughs> I just couldn't figure out why I was like uh, like after I said it, I was like, I, I, I don't know why I'm. Well, here. It's complicated. We just we do so many things. It's it's 2021. Get over it, everyone. But I love that you say you want to be a movie star because people are so damn afraid to say what they want to do in life. Have you always been brazen about that? No, 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 no. I just try. Just kind of worked up my confidence over the years. I guess I had. How do you do that? I have a um a father who who really loves me so much and praises me in, incessantly and it's given me a lot Aww. of confidence. But I think once I started making my own work, then I felt that gave me the confidence to then just say what I wanted because I felt like yeah I don't know I was like I bring something to the table like let me do it let me have it. Around what age did you do you think you felt like that? <laughs> I'm like, like three years ago. <laughs> yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. I thought you were going to say three years old. I was no, like, uh, no. get off the podcast. I feel like <laughs> there was like a turning point when I turned like, maybe when I was like 25, 26, I started to kind of understand more who I was and what I wanted to do. But no, I mean, before that, like post-college in New York was just like disaster or disaster. I was just like drunk, fucking What around. did you do for a living? I was, I tutored for a long time for the SAT. Okay. Um, I babysat. Mm-hmm. I was a waitress. Wow. I've done everything. And then. You know, I took the SAT 12 times. No. And then and canceled my scores. Yeah. Why? Because I'm like, the I have ADHD, but it was undiagnosed oh then. Oh, my God. And I was truly like the worst test taker oh, in the so world. Oh, that's so stressful. Oh, God. So anyway, that was triggering for me. I'm but sorry. Go I'm ahead. sorry. So you- <laughs> uh, no, I've kind of, I had like a bunch of different day jobs. And then thankfully, I got into voiceover. Uh, commercial voiceover how did you get into because every i'm like that's the best 
money making hack I've ever heard of in my life. Yeah, I just it's just luck. And you have a good voice for it. Like no one wants my voiceover. I don't. I don't. It's like, buy hey. I, <laughs> I think. I think it was just. Yeah, it, it lined up in a nice way. I had like an acting coach who was like, "You should try voiceover," and I didn't yet know how competitive or hard it was in cutthroat. So I did, and then it, I, I got lucky. Yeah, it, it went well. And then after doing that for a few years, alongside the tutoring and other jobs, I finally. Oh, I also worked at Casper, that mattress showroom. Yes. How was that? It was iconic. It was just like this. <laughs> It was this like fab loft in Soho and we would just like drink mimosas and lay around on the beds. It was amazing. Oh, nice. Um, But they paid you like nothing. But anyways, eventually I like quit that job and was like, I'm going to see how doing just the VO can, if this can hold me for a while. And yeah, thankfully it has. And then I, I was lucky that I could do some of that over the past year because like all my, I started making money like performing and then that all went away yeah. last year and then. Yeah, you had your cabaret, right? Yeah, I do it every every Wednesday, and then I was like touring and doing my. So you were doing show. live show every Wednesday. Yeah, every Wednesday I would do a live show, and then I would do a monthly, like hour long live show at this place, Joe's Pub in New York. And so I was doing wow. like tons of live stuff, and then flying around, and so all that was gone. So I was lucky to have some VO stuff to fall back on, but it's inconsistent. It's not like I, I never know if I'm going to be able to. Do you like audition for voiceover stuff? Is that how you get it? Yeah. I audition and then sometimes it'll be like, oh, I've worked with this producer before. So they like think of me. Yeah. What's your favorite one you've done? Oh, my God. They're all so fun. I did. You know what I did that was fun is I there's a Schick commercial where the girls are shaving their pubes, but it's like topiary. Oh, yes. And I say like Schick at the end. (laughs) Or I say like. That's it. That was it. No, I say something like love your skin or I don't remember what it was, but that was a fun one. Oh my god! I really I like doing it. That. It's fun. Yeah, it sounds fun. It is fun. So that's. Uh, I love that you've just found all these different avenues to use your voice. Oh well, you know, like you podcast, you sing, you you know, like that's amazing. Thank you so much. But you know, it's. Um, I also have had a lot of problems with my voice. I had. I've had. Have you? I've had two vocal hemorrhages. I've had a polyp. I had to go. I had to get laser. What? It's fucking crazy. I mean, I feel like this is a thing. Like singers know more about but basically yeah november so two years ago i i had this day where i was just super busy and then i literally sneezed and my vocal cords started bleeding i couldn't talk for like almost like a month or two and i had to cancel all this shit i had to have a laser like thrown up strewn like up my nose and then to seal out the blood vessel but i have an amazing doctor um dr salika you're one of those fancy people on um on vocal rest? I was the Adele of comedy. Yeah, I was – yeah. It didn't it, – it was very traumatizing, but I didn't know I had a pandemic to go through. So at the time, that now I think like, that's like oh, that, was child, that was child's play. But I had a great doctor at Wild Cornell. Shout out to Dr. Salika. He fixed me right up. And now you're good as new to use that bad yeah, boy as much knows? as you want? Yeah, but who knows? Anything – everything's precarious. Nothing – you can't control anything in life. Ain't that the truth? That's the, that is the moral of this podcast episode. You can't control anything. Isn't that so scary? I know. Okay, let's take a break. And we'll see you in a minute. Speaking of things you can't control, so tell me a little bit about your PCOS journey. Oh, my God. I love that you're so open about it because it's like – I mean, I love that you're open about everything because it just is so (laughs) fucking refreshing. Well, likewise. But thank you. How did you find out that you had PCOS? I mean, my periods were never regular. And then when I was in college, I think kind of casually told my mom at one point, like, oh, I haven't had my period in eight months. And like I was a virgin and she was like, okay, you need to go to the, we need to go to the doctor. And I was like, no, I was like, I like not getting my period. It's fine. 
Yeah. And then they did uh, an ultrasound and they just saw that my ovaries were covered in cysts. So that was enough to diagnose. And I just kind of ignored it for a long time. And then I gained. What? Yeah. What is PCOS? It's probably different for everyone, obviously. Like, do you go on medication immediately? Do you have surgery to remove the cysts? I wish. Like, what oh, you- my God. No, doctors like literally don't care and no one tells you what to do and it's fucked up. But yeah, I've kind of noticed that. Yeah, basically they put me on birth control, which is supposed to help regulate your cycles. And then we just ignored it. And then like. In 2015, I I just gained a bunch of weight suddenly, and I was like, "What the fuck's going on?" Because it affects like certain hormone levels. Totally. And that was when my doctor was like, "I think this probably has something to do with the PCOS," because like n- nothing was working. Yeah. So I started this pill called metformin, and I think that helped. But then I went off it, and then actually, I I went off it because my doctor. This is so classic. I went off it because my doctor like moved out of state and I was busy working. Cat, stop going off these. I was like, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> and then literally on this, I'm back on it as of like Monday because I obviously I gained weight during the pandemic, which is normal. But I hello, yeah. If you didn't, you're a sociopath. But I also like I went on this like I was doing this intense kind of like fitness diet thing to try and like shed some of the pounds and like nothing was working. And so I think it's like and then I got my blood work done and I think my whatever levels are like spiking again. So I hope I'm back on the medicine. I hope it helps. It's frustrating when something, I mean, weight is such a sensitive thing for so many people and it's just frustrating to feel like it's out of your control. Completely. Yeah. I think it's hard for a lot of people to understand when we as women go through any weight change, whether it's gaining or losing weight, but we're talking about gaining weight right now. It's just, it can be so hard on your psyche when like you're trying to get dressed and it takes 40 minutes longer because you're trying on everything in your closet and nothing fits. And it just colors your whole day. Like these micro frustrations of not feeling like yourself and feeling differently when you look in the mirror and your clothes being tight, it can seem small, but it means it has so many effects on how you conduct yourself in your daily life. Like you don't want to see people you haven't seen in a while because you're afraid they'll notice that you gained weight or you don't want to be in pictures with your friends because you're afraid of what you'll look like next to them. Like those little things make such a difference in your psyche. And people really underestimate that and underestimate how helpless it can make you feel in your own body. And I just have to say, I loved, I was listening to your podcast a couple of weeks ago and I loved what you had to say about gaining weight in quarantine and how that only contributed to the shitty way that you were feeling because you were, you know, hearing about a lot of disappointing news in your life and nothing felt like it was going right. And the weight thing was just like the cherry on top that made you say like, I can't take it anymore. And I love that you were so honest about that. I think that's so helpful to so many women because so many of us at least gained weight during quarantine or, you know, are going through those series of disappointments. And it's so cool that you were so open about it because, you know, we talk about that with our girlfriends all the time, but I think it's, you know, really important for us to all right now as women band together and be open about that. Can you kind of explain a little more of like your experience with weight throughout your life and how the PCOS kind of impacted it? Yeah, I think what's frustrating for me is like, I just love clothes so much and like nothing gets me more excited than like dressing up and looking amazing. So right now I'm in this place where like half my clothes just don't fit and it's like, you know, expensive things that like I invested in. Like, yeah, it just fucking sucks. Like I ordered a few new things and I'm trying to like chill out and I put some stuff under the bed and I'm going to pick it up later. But it fucking sucks. No, you are like, I am freaking out over here because like you are totally reading my mind. Really? 
when you yeah just when you have that stuff in your closet that like you bought when you were thinner or whatever and you're like what the fuck do I do with it now do I like give it away or do I just like get into this crazy cycle where I'm like oh no I'll lose it I'll lose it I know I think it's dangerous I'm not sure what the right answer is in in my case I was kind of like okay I'm going I got rid of a bunch of stuff but I was like I'm gonna save like these kind of like more expensive like statement pieces or like designer things that I'd really like saved up for and like really meant a lot to me I was like I'm gonna save like that dress because I think you know I I might be able to wear it again and it feels I don't I'm not ready to part with it (laughs) but I don't know right that probably like is psychologically bad but we'll see but I also am convinced like I didn't walk I didn't like exercise for like a year like I'm used to walking so much around the city like I'm sure that will help eventually like get me back if I but not that it matters not that it matters it's so hard and it's also like I don't know. It's such a it's such a delicate topic to discuss, and you don't want to. But I, I'm very big on like I can say whatever I want about my body. Like, shut up. Totally. Like, if I feel bad, that's what I feel. Sorry. I know, and everyone's like in such like cancel culture mode right now. So if you post something about eating or like anything like that, even if it's positive, people are like very. I mean, triggers are so real. That's the thing is like I totally get it. It's just that's why I'm trying to spend less time online and more time in reality. Exactly, but it's hard. Do you ever feel vulnerability hangovers? Like, do you ever feel like, fuck, I shouldn't have said that? Uh, or, like, been so open about that? No, I feel like it usually, like, releases. It's, like, soothing for me. Yeah. And you, like, have built such a community off of it. People are really – like, I've met some amazing people from doing the podcast. I just ordered your book. Oh, my God. Thank I'm you. I'm so excited to read it. I'm so proud of it. I love it. It's really cute. It's, like, little, too. It's, I've can, read some excerpts. You can put it in your in your bag, which is cute. It's so it's I'm I know I'm gonna love it. Oh, thank you. How for long did that it. take? It kind of was a collection of things I'd written since like 2015 to as recent as like this past summer. So I kind of threw it all together and worked with this amazing editor, Deb Garrison, and she helped me pick like which ones she thought were strong. And then I wrote some new ones and edited it. So it's a yeah, it was something I've kind of been working on without knowing it for like the past you know five years. Yeah, but then intensely like in quarantine. Yeah, but it wasn't intense. It's like I I wrote those poems because it felt like it brought me joy and it felt like a release or like a separate thing from trying to write jokes and be funny. So it was it's definitely the easiest like artistic process I've ever had. Yeah, like that comes the easiest to you writing. Writing poems. Writing poems. Writing scripts is impossible. Yeah, sounds Writing it. jokes is hell. I like writing songs. I like writing poems. And I like writing essays, um, though they require a bit more work. Yeah. So what's something that people that follow you on Instagram would be surprised to know? <laughs> that I feel like a loser every day of my life? No. <laughs> Same. <laughs> no, I do. I think, first of all, I think people would know that because I talk about it on my podcast. But I, I think it's like anyone on Instagram, it's like, Obviously, I'm only posting things where I think I look good or like I think I sound funny. I People should know that I look horrible all the time. I say hideously boring things. and uh, But sometimes my life, you know what? My life sometimes is exactly as fabulous as Instagram looks. And I won't lie about that. <laughs> so just know that sometimes it's really as fabulous as it looks and sometimes it's not. Yeah, you can generally tell. Yeah, I like that. That's hard out there. What's something that you wish more women would either stop lying about or would just be more open about with each other? Oh, interesting. I think the stuff about jealousy was really fascinating. Like, yeah, it can be hard. Like we're, we were brought up to like compare ourselves to each other. So I think like hearing you say that you like 
you know, you see a friend get something and you think like, you think of the ways it's going to fail. Like that's refreshing to hear because that's so relatable. And then you're like, I don't want to be this person, but this is like what my gut's telling me because we were, we were taught that there's like room for one girl in every scenario. Especially in things like comedy or like, yeah, you just think, actually probably every industry. Or especially when you think like, oh, like you have to just trust like no one can do what you can do, which I firmly believe, but it's hard. Um, But I also think Talking about the eating disorder stuff is refreshing. Like, just hearing my friends admit, oh, like, I ordered this much shit and I binged it all and then I made myself throw mm-hmm. up. Like, for me, I'm like, I would never have been able to tell someone that, like, years ago. Right. You know? Thank God we're inching more and more towards that because it's like, you learn that nearly every girl has, like, at least a little experience <laughs> It's hard to go through. With that. Yeah. Untouched. <laughs> yes, it's almost impossible. Uh, but I have a weird question for you to end this. Okay, Perfect. This is very weird. But you're like a very sex positive person. Like you got around in the past. What's your feeling? The other day I got a bikini wax, right? Mm -hmm. So like Mm -hmm. during quarantine, I didn't get one at all. Like it was like a crazy situation. I got one recently because I went on vacation. I was laying there and I was like hating my life. Like I I put numbing cream on before. Like I did the whole thing because I was like panicked that it was going to kill. Do you wax? No, I got one once and I I was like – it wasn't even that it was painful, but I broke out in the worst ingrown hairs of my Ingrowns. life. I was like, totally. I'm never doing this again. I could only fuck doggy style for like three months. I was like, I'm <laughs> never doing this again. I have a, I have a full bush that's massive. And my, I want us to be clear that my asshole is also hairy. And the last thing I want to say is that, but then I'll pick every few months. I'll like pick a random day to just like shave everything off. And just like, it's like a sexy surprise. Including your asshole. You can shave your asshole. I try my best. Yeah, that would be hard. Like, if I got a cut, I would, like, literally want to die. <laughs> I try my best to, like, make it clean. It's, it's it's so fun when I, like, don't tell my boyfriend that I'm going to shave and he's just like, oh, shit. Whoa, yeah. <laughs> probably gets so excited. It's fun. But I'm, like, laying there and I'm like, I hate everyone. I hate the patriarchy. Like, why am I doing this? It hurts so well, badly. you don't have to. I used to even have – I used to go around town having one-night stands with a huge bush. Good. And I don't okay, care. Good. I'm sure normalize I'm, the bush. I'm sure someone was like, "That's gross," but I'm like, "Okay, well, you still fucked fuck me." Fuck that. <laughs> exactly. They still will fuck you no matter what. That's the moral Literally, of the story. Whatever. Okay. So, what is your what Instagram handle? Where can everyone find oh you? God. What have you got? You have like a million things going on. What is what's my the call Instagram to is at Cat C Cohen. Don't get me started on why I can't have Cat Cohen. Another <laughs> another woman has it. We celebrate her. We love her. We celebrate her. I would love if you guys listen to my podcast, Seek Treatment, that I host it's so with good. my BFF, Pat Regan, and buy my book, God, I Feel Modern Tonight. It was published by Knopf in February, so it's new-ish, and that's that. And we can read it together because I just bought it. Yeah, it's it's fun, and I would – not to be – I think it's a great gift. It is a great gift. It's really cute. It's, like, it's little and cute. Yeah. And that's that. Um, oh, I also – and this is the last thing I'll say in my whole life, but I – I just joined TikTok when I was quarantining and I – Oh, my God. I'm going to follow I'm you I'm kind of obsessed. I just joined. I've, I've made a – but I've made a few. What's my name? Wow, how Gen Z of you. I know. I'm trying to be Gen Z. Like to be able to – me too. I live my life trying to be Gen Z. It's at – oh, wait. What is it? It's cat underscore, underscore Cohen. Okay. Cat I'm, underscore Cohen. I'm new to the TikTok community, so be kind to me. Are your transitions on point? Um, is that what the, the kids are that, talking about these oh, days? Oh, when it's like you do a look? No, I don't really know what I'm doing. It's actually really confusing. I'm trying to figure it out. If y'all have tips, definitely sound I off know, it's real. That's the thing. Yeah. That's so funny. It's really hard. Okay, cool. I Well, you are my soul sister I'm so now. happy we met. And Me I can't too. Wait to hang out. I'll update you about yes, the puppy. Gonna... Please, please, please. We'll exchange numbers and do the whole thing. 
did I lie? Is she not one of the funniest and most wonderful people you've ever heard? Sorry, I'm just obsessed with her. As you could probably tell, I had the time of my life recording this episode, so I hope you had even half as much fun listening as I did recording it. But that's it for today, other than my weekly reminder that we can text. You and I can text all night long, all day long. We can do it. You can leave me a voicemail at 415-849-0299. The number is always in the show notes and in my Instagram bio if you missed that. Or text me and I'll text you right back. I'd love for you to tell me your favorite moments from this week's episode or any episode we've had. And if you have anything you want to hear more about on the podcast, guests you'd like to have us on, or any, any, any feedback you might have, I just want to hear from you and talk to you. As always, please rate, subscribe, and review the podcast because that is the only way this baby is going to grow. And I will see you guys next time. Thank you so much for hanging with me and giving me some of your precious, precious time. And I will see you next week.